0: Of the text continues to be Ecclesiastes the theme of the book of Ecclesiastes is that God gives meaning to our life under the sun through his son Jesus Christ we've seen already that God shines his light on the vanity of human efforts we've seen that God's wisdom is inscrutable unexplainable we can't ex- understand it all and today we see that God's revelation guides us to his son beloved congregation of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ with the reading today in our mind we need to ask ourselves the question how important is this book the Bible in your life how important is it for you what value do the commandments of God have for your daily task and calling. In the book of Ecclesiastes, the Holy Spirit reveals that not only is God's Word the light from heaven that shines into the vanity of human life, but it also is the means by which God leads us back to Him, back to our Savior, Jesus Christ. All that running after the wind, the winds of dreams on the yellow brick roads of life under the sun. And people had the way out available to them as the slippers on their very feet. As Paul preached to the people of Athens, the God who made the world and everything in it and who gives to all mankind life and breath and everything else is actually not far from each one of us if you are tired of the futility of wasting your life in vain pursuits if you want to rejoice in your life you need to trust that god is wise to walk with the holy spirit through the word of god the message that we preach, I preach you today, is that God's revelation guides us to his Son, and we'll see this call to, this is a call to revere the Lord's commands, to remember your Creator, and to rejoice all your days. Although the sovereign God is inscrutable in, his, in, the, in the profundity of his majesty and eternal glory, he has not completely hidden himself from us here on the earth under the sun. Beside beside the the secret things that belong to the Lord our God, you, you saw that text as you came in today, Deuteronomy 29, verse 29. The secret things and the things revealed. So beside the secret things that belong to the Lord our God, there are things that are revealed that belong to us and to our children forever. And Ecclesiastes concludes by showing us that although having all the advantages of a man like King Solomon cannot help us to change the past, to control the future, or even to understand why things in the present are the way they are, we can still know what to do today. After wrapping up the message of Ecclesiastes that began in chapter 1, verse 2, talking about vanity, and you see the second flap of the, the envelope closing up the this theme in chapter 12, verse 8, where it mentions again vanity of vanities. Then the Holy Spirit brings us further to the end of the matter. Verse 13, we, we can see that he even uses that language, the end of the matter, the grand conclusion of the study of God who came down and looked at life from under the sun. The grand finale fear God and keep his commandments. The grand conclusion of the book of Ecclesiastes is simply live in the light of God's word. This isn't just a child's song. This is real. This is the revelation of God to help us escape the futility of life. Recognize and accept your own limitations, the dead ends of life under the sun, and trust that your creator who lives beyond the sun can guide you through his word to the abundant life that he has prepared for you it's almost too simple it's almost too simple like Naaman being told to wash in a river seven times to get rid of his leprosy he wanted something more it's almost embarrassing for the rats who feel trapped in the maze. Because the key to rising up out of the the rat race, out of the maze that ends in death, the key to, to rising up and finding meaning and finding truth and purpose in your life, it's always has been right under your very nose. How, we ask, how can simply trusting in God's word and living according to the commandments be enough. Looking at the whole situation from beyond the sun, the Holy Spirit, He sees the whole picture. You remember that illustration of maybe a drone, a video from a drone, or, or climbing up a, a mountain and seeing the world below you or coming down in an airplane? You, you could see the whole situation men and women going about their tasks. Well, the Holy Spirit seeing the the whole picture and our Creator who knows the end from the beginning he could see the the whole maze and now he tells us through the book of Ecclesiastes that the commandments that he wrote down with his own finger are like a divine instruction book that show us how he made the world that explain to us the reason for the experience of futility and vanity under the sun. Words that point us to the way out of the futility that comes through the righteousness in Christ Jesus. The one who sees the whole picture points to tell us the way out through his word. The gospel of the commandments is that God has not left us alone in the maze, but that he has come to us. He is a God with us, Emmanuel. He is a God who has come to us in the fallen world, and he has opened the door that leads us through the curse of death to the blessing of eternal life for all who trust completely in him, who take him at his word who take his word as the truth that's what the bible is full of noah began at the beginning he was preaching his preaching is that i know the way out of this futility out of this water it's here trusting in god come into the ark he preached the righteousness comes from god the patriarchs the prophets they proclaim the coming of the mediator the one who would open open the door into the glory of heaven the promise of new creation the salvation that God had prepared through right sacrifices in the temple God's commandments pointed to the restoration of of all life so that it could be the way that God had made it at the beginning again And that restoration is found in in the union with Jesus Christ, the Son of God. Being guided by the Holy Spirit in a life of thankfulness. Then we see the big picture, brothers and sisters, after a life of studying and pursuing truth from the perspective of a person under the sun. The Holy Spirit's conclusion is almost so simple it's almost cliche go to church place yourself under the preaching of the word the gospel message of the book of Ecclesiastes is that God remains our shepherd you can see the reference to that in the last verses 9 to the end God remains our shepherd and guide even after he subjected creation to futility with the curse of death. He taught, we read, he taught the people knowledge, weighing and studying and arranging many proverbs with great care. The preacher sought to find words of delight and uprightly he wrote words of truth. And these words of the wise correct us when we start to turn away from the Lord. They're like goads a goad is a, a spiked stick that was used for for driving cattle to get them back on the path and the words the commands of the lord they help us also to remain stable in the right path on the right path through the goad and stable on the right path through these nails or tent pegs that that hold us firmly in god's plan and whether the shepherd Mentioned in chapter 12, verse 11 refers to Solomon, refers to another author inspired by the Holy Spirit or to Jesus Christ as he reveals himself in John 10 as a shepherd. The conclusion in Ecclesiastes is the work of the Lord. It is a conclusion that stands in contrast to, to any other book that you might find in the world. The Holy Spirit even warns, in verse 12, my son, be aware, beware of anything beyond these. of making many books, there is no end, and much steadiness is much study is weariness of the flesh. At the end of the matter, after all has been heard, investigated and studied, the only thing to do is revere the Lord's commands, trust in his sovereign judgment. And if you look back now to chapter 11, verses 7 and 8, you can see how this final conclusion was already anticipated by the Holy Spirit when he says, light is sweet and it is pleasant for the eyes to see the sun. In a book that speaks about life, under the Sun the mention here of the Sun is significant for it is for it lifts up our eyes to the Lord and the giver of light who spoke and there was light who is beyond the Sun his revelation is like light that is as sweet to our lives as honey it serves as a goad and a nail that drive us to cling to Jesus Christ. And then these verses mention two very practical ways to cling to Jesus Christ. Let a person rejoice and let a person remember. And since the Holy Spirit instructs us to rejoice before it is too late and the days of darkness come and then to walk in the ways of our hearts while remembering that God will bring us into judgment for all that we do it makes sense to first understand what we need to remember before we jump right into the command of doing whatever we feel like doing rejoicing too often we act first and remember important things we should have considered Only when it's too late, the car is crashed, our finger is cut off, our brain is fried, we lose our job, or we're we're broken, old, and almost dead, we remember first, and after that, we rejoice. And so before anything else, let's begin with God's urgent call that directs you to remember. And We think especially of how chapter 12 begins. Remember your creator. So one old man says to another, you were the the owner of a, a road building company. You must be rich. And the member of our congregation hunkered down in his wheelchair in the senior home. He answers, but it doesn't do me much good now, does it? and the unbeliever replies yeah you work all your life you save so carefully you try to get everything and it's all for nothing what a waste i didn't make this up it happened on monday this conversation monday we're talking about real things brothers and sisters when we look at ecclesiastes and the old unbeliever was right. For him, it was a waste. And the Holy Spirit speaks to us through Ecclesiastes and, and asks you, are, are you hearing this, young people? Are you hearing the reality? Are you seeing the reality? Is that how you want to end your days? what a waste or would you rather end them like the member of our congregation who spoke of his faith in the resurrection who spoke of the love of God to him for all eternity you see God has shown you life in his son through his word don't ignore the revelation before it's too late And the effects of the fall into sin wear you out. We saw that already in chapter 9. That's what the Holy Spirit means when he He tells you, remember your creator. And Ecclesiastes has already made it abundantly clear that no one can escape the effects of the fall into sin, the curse of death. You can see it in your bodies. The curse of death. Overshadows the world under the sun. And Ecclesiastes ends by urging us to remember that the days of darkness will be many. Chapter 11, verse 8. And then we have that poem in chapter 12. It's an aging poem. It goes through many of the different changes that old age brings to a person that make it hard for them to find pleasure in life. That's chapter 12, verse 1. If you have it open, you can follow along with me. The dawn of life has long passed. The days of life we see in verse 2 are chapter 12, verse 2, are filled with darkness and difficulty. Elderly people receive news of one setback after another. Pneumonia, a broken hip, an incurable disease of old age and We see in chapter 12, verse 2, the clouds return after the rain. And then it goes on in verse 3, the the hands who for years deftly took care of the house of your your body, they, they begin to tremble. Strong men are bent over the molars, the grinders in your mouth. They're no longer able to grind up the food for they are few. And when the elderly look through the windows of their eyes, their vision is dimmed. And so, verse 4, they prefer to stay indoors and keep the doors to the street shut, not to be involved in the busyness the flesh around them. In old age, continuing verse 4, our, our ears are no longer able to pick up the sound of those who are grinding, who those working on the street, maybe because the doors to the street are shut. And yet, we have so much trouble sleeping that we rise at the song of a bird, which we can hardly even enjoy because the daughters of song are brought low. We can hardly hear the song. Verse 5, in old age, we tend to become isolated by the dulling of our own senses, but also because we're afraid of heights. And all the possible dangers that are in the way as we grow older our hair turns the color of almond tree blossoms white or silver Or once grasshopper like bodies that could jump in, in the air and could balance on beams far above the ground the, that body now drags itself around and our desire fails so that we don't feel like doing anything anymore In old age, the only thing we really feel like doing is to go to our eternal home while the mourners go about the streets, verse 6. Yes, the Holy Spirit says and holds that out before us so that we all see and realize the effects of the fall into sin that come to, to everyone. And the Holy Spirit makes us see that, yes, the wages of sin is death, and death comes to all, so that one day that body that you are looking down at right now will die and will be buried in the ground. Dust you are, and to dust you shall return. And in His grace, through His Word, the Lord warns us all to remember your Creator while you are young, before you end up lamenting the waste of your life and scoffing those who eagerly point you to the way out in Jesus Christ. The key to the way out that God reveals in his word, the nail that keeps us fixed, pinned to God's plan of salvation is the belief also that we see mentioned. In verse 7, the spirit returns to God Who gave it. The nail is that God is the one who has given us our spirit, that God is above the experience of life under the sun. There is a creator who existed before the sun was made. And those who remember him before they die in the rebellion, they don't have to die in despair. There is a sovereign God. A God who knows about the vanity of life. And in his unfathomable wisdom, he is guiding all history to salvation in Jesus Christ. Remember him before the silver cord of life is snapped and the golden lamp bowl with the oil of light and life falls to the ground and is broken. The vessel or pitcher, and the wheel or pulley system that was so useful for drawing water from the cistern to keep you alive, it will be shattered and broken. So repent now, says the preacher, before you die in your sins under the punishment of God. Do not ignore your creator who has revealed to you the way, the truth, and the life in his son, Jesus Christ. You see, the gospel message is that God, who has revealed himself, has also come down from heaven to die for us. He took upon himself that death that comes to all. And so death is not the end for those who believe in Jesus Christ. And when we believe in him before the day of our death, then we can live and we can love with an eternal perspective. Because death is not the end of our rejoicing. And although as we saw, as we looked through Ecclesiastes, this earthly experiential wisdom tells you that it is good to remember your death in order to stay sad, sad and to stay burdened with the seriousness of life's vanity the Lord tells you to remember your creator before you die so that you can do exactly the opposite and rejoice as you have been made to do the way it should be we're called to rejoice all our days you see when we believe in Jesus Christ, so that the sting and the threat of death is removed and the the complete vanity of life under the sun disappears, the Holy Spirit also leads us through God's commandments in a new life, now with real pleasure, with true riches, and with unfading wisdom understanding that youth is defined as the ability to find pleasure in the things that you are able to do. It stands in contrast to chapter 12, verse 1. Youth is the ability to find pleasure in the things you are doing. Then the Holy Spirit tells God's people, if a person lives many years, it's chapter 11, verse 8, let him rejoice in them all. And it continues, rejoice. Rejoice. O young man, in your youth, and let your heart cheer you in the days of your youth. Walk in the ways of your heart and the sight of your eyes. You see, brothers and sisters, the Lord wants his children to rejoice in the things that they are able to do today before you lose the opportunity to enjoy these gifts in chapter 11 verse 10 the holy spirit tells us remove vexation from your heart and put away from your body put away pain from your body for the youth for youth and the dawn of life are vanity It's a clear warning a lot of young people think they have all the time in the world but the reality is that that ability to do the things that you can do today may not be with you all the time. Youth and the dawn of life are actually more like a vapor, that vanity, a mist that quickly disappears. You will not have strong, flexible limbs and good vision, clear minds and courageous hearts forever. So, so don't waste these gifts by getting stressed out about the foolishness of the people around you. Under the sun. That's the definition of vexation. God has shown you that you do not need to spend your youth living like the world around you, caught up in the futility of their pursuits. The Lord has revealed His sovereignty to you today to calm your anxious. Envious or desperate hearts. And he says, Remove vexation from your hearts. There's a lot of vanity in the world. That's true. We see it. Yes. It makes us concerned for sure. But I am sovereign. You don't need to prove yourself to me, to God, God says. You don't need to prove yourself to God or to your neighbor. For Christ Jesus has already gained the abundant life for you, revealed to you light is sweet. We can find pleasure in the Son, the Son of God. The preacher's exhortation to the young people, to, to the youth to remove pain from their bodies is not speaking about the unavoidable pain of old age, but about that pain that people willfully bring to their bodies by corrupting it with evil the expression put away pain from your body stands parallel to the command to fear God and keep his commandments you see when we observe the Sabbath rest when we honor authorities when we take care of our bodies, we do not harm our, our bodies, harm or recklessly endanger ourselves. When we remain faithful to our wives, to our husbands, and you can go through the commandments, we are also staying away from all those things that bring misery and suffering and evil and pain to our bodies. It is important to understand then how the law leads us to the joyful life to rejoicing. it's important to understand that because today it's very common for people to to flip around flip this around and they teach that the commands of God cause misery that's not what Ecclesiastes teaches us the earthly wisdom presented in Ecclesiastes is so reluctant to speak of joy, is so emphatic on duty, the fear of God and his judgment, that if people used these parts of Ecclesiastes to judge Christianity, they would have to conclude that God wants us to be somewhat fearful, pale, pessimistic, and cheerless. The earthly Wisdom in Ecclesiastes, as you're reading through, you can get that sense. We can have a, a few examples. Chapter 1, verse 13 says, It's an unhappy business that God has given to the children of man to be busy with. Them. And then we look at chapter 3, verse 18. I said in my heart, with regard to the children of man, that God is testing them that they may see that they themselves are but beasts. You see, that's earthly wisdom, reluctant to be too joyful. You know, concerned about God, and there's a distance to God. Chapter 5, guard your steps when you go to the house of God. Chapter 5, verse 4. God has no pleasure in fools. Chapter 7: it's better to go to the house of mourning than to go to the house of feasting. And then you notice all the way through the book, there's that advice to, to enjoy your food and your toil and put away. Even that is is put in the context of vanity, chapter 9, verses 7 to 10. There it says, Enjoy life with the wife whom you love all the days of your vain life that he has given you under the sun. Enjoy the life with the wife whom you love all the days of this meaningless life that God has given you under the sun. All your meaningless days. It's a pessimistic command to rejoice. Earthly wisdom often looks like how we live the Christian life. And although we may be or we may know of people who treat their Christian faith as if it were nothing more than a bunch of oppressive rules that prevents you from having fun so that Christian life is nothing like well let's try make the best of this people who obey the commandments of God because they fear his judgment or they have selfish motives they want something for themselves because they feel obligated to fulfill their duty in order to survive the painful ordeal of a broken life this is not the gospel that God has promised to us. We don't have to live the Christian life like that. And that's why it's so important to see the book of Ecclesiastes as a whole. The little parts we quoted, they are not the conclusion. They are not the solution. We are not just driven by duty or by fear or by obligation or by selfishness. Those little parts we quoted, they are incomplete. They are inadequate. They are only the beginning of the trail pointing us in the right direction and they only find their fulfillment in Jesus Christ. And brothers and sisters, when our Christian life looks more like cold duty than joyful celebration, then it is an indication that we might be missing the full message of the grace of God, the forgiveness of sins in Jesus Christ, and the promise of an abundant life in Jesus Christ that begins today, will continue forever. That's why we embrace the opportunity to worship the Lord, to, to gather together as his people that's why the reluctance of those who who give a little when they can to keep things at peace it, it's so problematic that's not the gospel that's not the christian faith we have an abundant life in christ jesus and god wants us to rejoice in all his blessings all the days of your life as you celebrate his grace and his nearness to you among the assembly of God's people where he dwells in us by his spirit. And when you feel overwhelmed by temptations, challenged by envy, saddened by suffering, vexed by vanity in this life under the sun, remember that there is a sovereign God and his word is near you. You know what to do today. His word is in your heart. It is in your mind. It is in your mouth. It's in your hand. You don't need to have a meaningless life. You don't need to be overwhelmed by what you do not know. The revealed things make it clear how to walk in peace with your sovereign God today. Keep your word, keep your Bibles open, brothers and sisters. And remember the easy words of chapter 11, verse 7. Memorize them. Light is sweet. It's pleasant to see the sun. Maybe your children drew a picture of the sun today. It's it's a way to remember. Keep your eyes focused on the one who made the light. Then you will always remember to look to your gracious, triune God. To remember the reason for your rejoicing in this life to see and, and to see the door that we can see through the door of death that because Jesus Christ has opened it up for us it goes on to eternal life God shines his light into the vanity of life under the Sun so that even when we cannot understand why things are happening to us or know what the future will bring we know Today we have the revelation that brings us to Jesus Christ. We can walk in his commandments. We can have eternal life in his Son. Amen.